The city of Newcastle, located between Erie and Pittsburgh, experienced its heyday in the 1920s. Today, its 24,000 citizens live with a poverty rate that has doubled the Pennsylvania average. While mayor-elect Chris Fry hopes to be a catalyst for a revival in the city of Newcastle. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome to Brews and Views. I'm Matt Briette, president of Commonwealth Partners Chamber of Entrepreneurs, and I am in the city of Newcastle uh, at a nice little coffee shop uh, right along the river, and my guest is Mayor-elect Chris Fry. Chris, uh, welcome to Brews and Views. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank well, you for being here. Yeah, well, glad we could uh, enjoy a cup of coffee together, our, our brew for today. A little yes. later, I guess we'd have a beer, <laughs> but right. uh, we'll, we'll deal with uh, uh, good coffee. Um, but... Uh, Chris, uh, you were elected as a uh, Republican mayor in a city where I think over 70% registered Democrats. Uh, so quite a story of a, uh, a victory, uh, an electoral victory, which I know, and we were talking before this, uh, that you had a larger uh, voter turnout than what you saw in the last presidential election, yes. uh, uh, quite significant. I want to get to those details, but let's talk about how you uh, ended up in Newcastle, how you grew up. Um, and uh, talk about even how you became a Republican. But uh, where, where, where did you grow up? I know you don't didn't grow up in Newcastle, no, but no. Uh, this has become your home, absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. yes, absolutely. Uh, but first I want to say thank you for coming and meeting me here in Newcastle. You know, you could have asked me to go anywhere, right? <laughs> but you want to be right here where the you work's bet. happening. And this is a Two Rivers Coffee Shop here, Artisan Coffee Shop here in Newcastle, right downtown. It's a beautiful place, but... Um, you know, you're right. I'm, I'm not originally from here. So that's that's the first step in running for <laughs> office here in Newcastle, uh, because it, it, it is definitely a home where homegrown, you know, folks that live here, that's the expectation that they're going to run and be a part of the city. So I have been in Newcastle for 20 years. So I'm originally from Richmond, Virginia, mm -hmm. um, lived in uh, northern Virginia, the Sterling, D.C. metro area for sure. a few years. Um, and we came to Newcastle in about 1999. So not being originally from here, it was that was the first, you know, hurdle that we had to overcome. Mm -hmm. uh, but say the fries. I, I don't the know fries. the fries. No, nobody. <laughs> I don't have the name. Yeah. And that's all. That's what you hear all the sure. time. I didn't have the name to be a politician. I didn't play any. I played sports for like three years and mm -hmm. I had a pretty bad back injury. I'm sure we'll get to that. Yeah. Because uh, that's a lot of, uh, you know, goes into the story of why I'm here now. Um, I didn't do anything significant in the community other than walk the streets, smile, mentor a lot of kids, coach some basketball and things like that. But uh, Well, that's a lot. Uh, we, yeah. we know that that has an impact. It does. But, uh, yeah, it does. go ahead. And then just, you know, you, from my perspective, and you understand this too, you don't ever think about, you know, the impact that you're truly making. You just go and do it, right? Mm -hmm. You just go and be a part of the community. And that's, that's you know, that's who I am. And I, you know. Um, but so go now, back, go back to kind of your growing up because yeah, you yeah. grew up. Uh, you didn't grow up uh, with a silver spoon no, in your mouth, not at right? All. Not by, a, by no means. <laughs> my mom was single when we moved here in in 1999. We moved here. My grandmother passed away. She was our lifeline in Virginia, uh, so we needed to come somewhere where we could you know, be a part of a community. Mm -hmm. So my, I had some aunts and uncles and some cousins that lived in Newcastle, and if anybody knows 
the DC metro area, it's bustling down there. Yeah. So it was, we were far away from people. It was just not much you know, community, not yeah. much community yeah. at all. Um, and just the cost of living, things just weren't working out for us. And uh, so my mom moved us here, and it was definitely a culture shock. You know, we I remember coming <laughs> into town and driving up a certain neighborhood and seeing a gas station that says, "Sorry, no gas." And all, I have three sisters, so me and my siblings looked at my mom and was like, what in the world did you just do? <laughs> Where did you bring us? A little um, more snow here than a in little Virginia, more, too. A lot yes. more snow. Uh, and, the you know, the conditions that we're in today are, are very similar to what it was when I came. So we were, we were low income. My mom was a single mom. She, she worked hard, raised four kids on her own until uh, she got remarried when I was about 14. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lived on, in the, on the welfare system. I actually worked for the same agency that I was a, a youth in when I first came here. Okay. Uh, Lawrence County Community Action Partnership, uh, and they've been a blessing to myself and my and my family since we moved into into the town. Um, you know, we just we had a lot of struggles. We, in terms of housing, our economic situation never really worked out. Uh, we 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 finally got stabilized in our housing with a, a group. Um, which is a familiar group, the Habitat for Humanity. We've lived, we've had a house for about 18 years, family dwelling it. You know, is did you swing those, some hammers on it too? I did, uh-huh. I did, I did some work. It was, it, I, I, I joke, <laughs> I, I, funny joke. I'll segue into yeah. this. My wife always makes fun of me. Her dad can build a house uh-huh. by itself, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know he's a, a, a handyman. I joke because when I, growing up without a father, without my dad around. When I would have to fix something, I used a, a butter knife and a high heel shoe. <laughs> so you can imagine yeah. what my house looks like now. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, duct tape came duct along. Duct tape eventually. came along. Eventually, I started getting a little bit pretty, more. Yes, yeah. yes. Started getting a little more sophisticated in my mechan- in my work, but um, yeah, we we did a lot of work, so it taught a lot of values in that process mm-hmm. as well, with uh, building our house, taking ownership in our home. Um, and then just being a part of the community, did a lot of stuff uh, in that neighborhood because they they built the, quite a few houses in the neighborhood that we lived in, and it was a, it was a, that was a good time of, of, for our for our family, you know, to make it another step, and, mm-hmm. and it hasn't stopped yet. Yeah. Now I I know that uh, you had uh, dreams of uh, going to the big leagues yes. in something, and uh, you're built like an athlete, <laughs> so I can I can attest to that. Yeah. Uh, but what happened in, in your life that uh, really changed a lot of those dreams? Yeah, I had, so my dreams, they started when we moved here. Again, in Virginia, we didn't have, we weren't involved in any much community. We did a little bit of YMCA stuff. Moved to Newcastle. Newcastle is a big time sports community, yep. football, basketball, track. Yeah, we're 50 miles northwest uh, of Pittsburgh. Yes, so yes. Uh, you're still in Steeler country, yes, right? Yes. Still, still in Steeler country. Western PA is very known for football yep. uh, and their uh, high school sports. So, when I when I came to Newcastle, I was immersed in that realm because of my size. You know, my first year I couldn't play actually because I was too big, <laughs> so I wasn't allowed to play. I remember going to. I the, was too big because I was too fat. Was I? <laughs> I exceeded the weight limits, yeah. but yeah, I, 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 I weighed right around 170 pounds, and I think the the weight. I was just talking to a friend of mine. I think the weight limit was like 145. Yeah, so you weren't cutting no, that. No. I, I remember talking eye to eye to the coach on the pee wee field. He's like. I can Man, tell. I would love. Yeah, to I'd have love you. to have you, but we, if you were maybe 155, yeah, we could yeah, cut it. Right. But 170, so I didn't get to play my first year. Going into uh, um, seventh and eighth grade, just things just started taking off. Was able to get on the football field, you know, working out. I was a larger than average uh, kid, and um, 
just, you know, spent a lot of time, you know, in the community, just meeting people, talking, getting friends, really acclimated to the community. And, you know, it was it was a thing me and my friends did together. Mm-hmm. We always we set those goals and those dreams, you know, going to the Navy, playing D1 football, those type of things. And that, my, and when I set a goal, that's where I'm you headed. Even from a track, young guy, yeah. I was on uh-huh. that track. And um, I was derailed uh, quite extensively going from – a season in my eighth grade year, you know, we we lost our last game, actually, so we didn't go undefeated. Um, mm. And then I had a pretty severe back injury, lifting weights here in, in our, at our local field house, deadlifting came up, hit my knee, and I popped a few vertebrae in my back. And the progression from the day the incident happened to the day I was able to go get an MRI was right around about a, a month or a month and a half period. So we weren't really sure what took place. Mm-hmm. So um, that just that started like this little downward spiral in terms of my thinking, mm-hmm. uh, my self-confidence and little bouts of depression, things like that. But uh, all glory to God. You know, my mom, I didn't I don't really recall everything that took place. But now that I'm older, everybody kind of around me explained how um, how much of a, a hard time that was yeah. for everybody. Um, spent some time. At that point, I actually ended up switching schools, so I went to Kennedy Catholic. Uh, left the school system here in town, more for because of the physical uh, limitations that I had. We had a very big high school, and I couldn't get around yeah. real, real, really well. And Kennedy Catholic was, you know, Catholic schools are. You know, the one in town is pretty small. Duck, so. duct tape and butter knives. Right, yeah. duck, pretty much <laughs> duct tape and butter. So they allow, it was a much smaller school in terms of population. So I was able to, you know, get by fairly well with the disability I had. Mm-hmm. Teachers were understanding. I was able to, like, I, half of my classes, my, I remember my freshman year, were on, I was laying on the floor reading a book <laughs> with a book above my head because I couldn't sit in the chairs. Uh-huh. So they were, they, they were really uh, understanding. And, uh Took took some time. Yeah, you know, it took a lot of time. I had to reprogram all my thinking and, and what those goals were. I knew, you know, I just actually did my son's banquet. My son's in ninth grade, plays football. They brought the the football team back. Mm-hmm. And my senior year was the last year we won our D10 championship. So they brought it back, and I was able to speak at that banquet, tell the exact same story there. <laughs> and it was, uh, I had the opportunity. I remember sitting in the class, and we were praying. Right, we were it was Catholic school. We we went through a fasting. We did a praying. We and we had a lot of chapel time and in our theology class. And I remember sitting there, and it was a group of us. And one of them prayed that it said, "God allow Chris to play one more year. We want Chris to play one more year." And uh, he that happened my senior year. I was able to play. I wasn't yeah. the the caliber of yeah, player yeah. that I that I was mm-hmm. in seventh and eighth grade, but uh, emotionally I was. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was right. the. I was like the, the cheerleader in a, in a football uniform. <laughs> but uh, it served a good purpose. We had a very strong team. We actually won a D10 championship that year. So uh-huh. it was monumental for our team. And to bring it back uh, just this Sunday at the banquet uh, was pretty uh All things come, come back together Everything here. Yeah, back, yeah, yeah. And with your son playing well. Yes. Uh, so uh, through that and uh, kind of a um, forcing you to say, well, where am I headed? Um, did you ever think you're going to run for office, uh, be a politician? Where did this idea of being a politician come there, There's a story <laughs> to that, too. You know, moving into town, that was about, I had been around 10, 11 years old. And I remember my mom 
she remembers everything. She reminds me of all the goofy stuff that I used to say and do <laughs> as a young kid. So she she reminded me, you know, throughout my years and uh, adolescence that, you know, I always set a goal to be, you know, I, I remember driving in, we saw the conditions of the community. And I said, Mom, I'm going to run for mayor. She's like, do you even know what mayor is? <laughs> I was 10 or 11. Like, I was like, no, but doesn't he have something to do with yeah. the, like the blight or, or like the, the, the way this place uh -huh. looks? And she's like, yeah. So I never re I didn't revisit that for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, even when I went to college, I didn't revisit it. I thought about nursing. I thought about making money. I thought about, you know, living in poverty and, and getting out of poverty. I never thought about it until one day in my dorm room and I'm praying because I was, you know, typical college student. Right. What am I going to do? What am I going right? to do? Yeah. And you, you know? went you went to Gannon. Uh, oh, so yes, you went yes. up north here to, to Erie. Yes, I went uh, to Erie. You wanted more snow? Is that... Uh... <laughs> Gannon accepted me. I'll just leave it there. <laughs> I understand. I'll leave that. it yes, right there. Yeah. Gannon accepted me. Uh, so <laughs> I remember one night in my dorm room, I was just sitting there and, and praying, you know, just asking God, what am I going to do? What is it? What is, you know, I'm switching majors, unsure, can't figure out what I really wanted to do. And I just remember the Holy Spirit just saying, you know, you know, Chris, you're going to do, you're going to be in a position to have the most impact mm. to your community. Now, I didn't know if it was Newcastle, Erie, wherever I was gonna go, where, where am I gonna be when I'm 55? But from that point, that's where I changed my major and I stuck with social work. Mm -hmm. um, because the field was broad, it allowed me to, to, to look at the organizational aspect and how to impact people. So I remember from that day, it was just about, you know, where can I get to? And as I start beginning to, to take a look at, you know, different positions, CEOs, you know, directors. And that's what, that's the first thought in my mind was one of like a top level position. I want to lead. Like, it was yeah. lead. Yeah. yeah. And it was, you know, you want to influence, mm -hmm. you want to be a politician. I'm going to put you as mayor. And I was like, yeah. And that, that, the words my mom spoke, <laughs> you know, that conversation we uh -huh. had, that had to be 10 years before, you know, at that point, that all started to kind of come back. And then, so um, I, I know you got your undergraduate in, in social work, mm -hmm. uh, but then you also got a master's degree yes. uh, yeah. in the same area. In social uh, work, yeah. And uh, as you noted earlier, you're working at the agency that uh, served your family yes. uh, when you first moved here. Uh, so you've been in the social work uh, field mm -hmm. for quite some time now. Yes, yes. I'm fortunate because a lot of college graduates don't get to work in the field that they mm -hmm. went to. So I, I am very fortunate in that. Twofold because it's it's in social services, but my master's was in community organizing and social administration. So I took the administrative track rather than the uh, direct practice track or the school social work track as well. So, you know, early on, you know, I, I didn't, I was able to get into a position where I was a coordinator right out of college. So I was able to, to administer grants, be a part of, uh, you know, start a new program, program design in our community. We, we started, matter of fact, a company, an agency that I came back to the community with, we started a neighborhood development in 2011 is when I came back. And that's a lot of the information I shared throughout the campaign. Mm -hmm. You know, we, this, this stuff has been taking place for a long time. And now let's get it into a position as mayor and through the city hall and administration to really push that, that envelope a lot more. So uh, we didn't mention uh, that you're actually a Republican. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and I think for a reason here is that, you know, if someone were to hear your background, yeah. that you grew up in poverty, mm -hmm. uh, dependent on, on welfare, yep. you know, single, all of these things, and 
that you're in social work, that social work is, is your field Oxymoron. of... Yeah, that's <laughs> right. And then people go, wait, you're a... Re-. So at what point did you say, you know what, the Republican values and the things that Republicans stand for, that that's the party that, that mm-hmm. I align and that you ended up running in, and we'll get to the race right. here eventually, but, and you won in a, uh, an area... Uh, Newcastle, where right. over seventy percent are registered Democrats, um, so this community uh, is not uh, the party that you uh, yeah. identify with. So, where is it that uh, you said I'm a Republican? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Or was it I always grew up one? I mean, yeah, no. I'll, I'll, I'll admit, politics has never been a topic of conversation in yeah. our household, even as a child, and even now that I'm married, even now that I, I was I won, <laughs> we still don't even talk about it. Uh, so. That's the nice thing about some local politics because it's about, like like we were sharing earlier, you know, a pothole isn't a Democrat or Republican. It's a pain in your, you know, you know what. So, yeah, Uh people don't care about the party when it comes to basic services that uh, you deal with as a city. You're right. And that's where it goes back to being the influencer, impact, and the change maker in your community. And that's what I told people all throughout the the campaign on both sides, Democrat and Republican. So, um, but the time that they, you know, when I realized, you know, what party I affiliated with more so was when I met my wife. We were dating, and I, I can I can see the day in, in our conversation because we never talked about yeah. politics yeah. except for like <laughs> one time in our life. <laughs> we were just laying around on a, like a Saturday evening, and uh, I asked I asked my wife. I said, "Do you vote?" She says, "I don't think I ever have. I said, I'm registered," and I said, "Well, you know, I vote, but my mom always taught us she votes." She, my mom always voted across party lines. Mm-hmm. She votes for the, the values the and party. the person mm-hmm. of the party and things like that, and and what they and what they stood for, and just in general, not for what we're going to get, but in general, uh, for the people of the of the United States and of our local um, community. So that's the same mindset I had. Mm-hmm. But I was a registered Democrat. I'm be open about that. Yeah. You know, I was a registered Democrat. Oh, you you can say that. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. that's fine. I was a registered Democrat. But again, the way we were taught, that's how we we voted. Uh-huh. We looked at who the, who the person was, and uh, me and my wife that that day we were sitting there. You know, thank God for Google. We Google, right? <laughs> Republican platform, uh-huh. Democratic uh-huh. platform. And that we've been together for eight years now. So that would have been about eight years ago. It was when we first met. Um, we looked at it and I said, I don't really, I don't even remember what the Democratic platform yeah, was at yeah. the time. I just remember free market or free enterprise, Christian values, you know, pro-life, those things really. And we looked at each other yeah. at that time and it's like, oh, my goodness, I think we, we're Republicans. I said, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I think we're, I said, I, I align with that a lot more in terms of our personal, because mm-hmm. we're raising a family. We're yeah. newly raising a family. My sons, which I adopted, they were uh, six and five at the time. We we're just looking, you know down the, in, in the future for what we're going to teach them mm-hmm. and I just you know we looked at it and said oh my gosh you know we align with that right in terms of our personal values now that doesn't mean that we don't care for other people that don't oh, sure. agree to that sure. but those are some of the things that we decided on back then and then when it comes to this election yeah I, w- I had still been registered Democrat uh, before and it was that process and talking to uh, a mentor of mine and he said what are, what are you going to run I said well I just was going to run. I didn't even think about what that you had to have a party. Yes, yeah. I didn't even think because I've, I've never done this before. Yeah. I've never filled out any paperwork. So, so is this in early uh, 2019 or back in 2018? Is, when you're... It would have been 2018. Okay. Yep. It would have been early 2018 okay. or mid-2018 okay. when we had started those conversations. And I don't mean to sound like it wasn't organized, but it was really yeah. a very, very, very grassroots campaign. Yeah. 
when I say very, it was me and a couple other people that were just like, yeah, let's let's do it. And and at that time, uh, mm-hmm. a Democrat mayor who's been in office for what? Twelve 10, years. Okay. Yep. Twelve years. Twelve years. And so he is he's the incumbent, and you expect mm-hmm. him to run, which he he did, he did. end up running. Um, but what gave you this idea? Okay. Uh, Republicans uh, are a super minority right. in, in this uh, from a voting standpoint. Uh, you've got an incumbent Democrat mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, is this just, you know, because of your, you know, quote, unquote, ignorance that you went, yeah. I can do that. Yeah. I mean, we could take on that machine. Right. It was for me, it was more just on the lines of just doing what you believe in. Mm. I didn't th- I didn't think about care about the, the odds. I didn't care you. about the odds yeah. the whole way through. People continuously reminded me of them, but I just said, "Look, I, I just know I'm doing what I believe in." Uh, folks tried to talk me out of it. I'm doing what I believe in. Um, it just stuck to it, and just had faith. That's that's what. It and so, so you to. changed parties. You mm-hmm. became a Republican. I yep. mean, had Republicans put up uh, candidates against the incumbent? Uh, in years past, or was that just, no, I mean, it no. just wasn't much of a race. No. So uh, you enter into 2019, uh, and I know that the incumbent uh, uh, mayor uh, faced opposition within yes. the primary race, uh, p- quite significant. Yes, there was a lot. In, our, in the primary race, there was four Democrats, and there was two Republicans. So it was myself and another gentleman uh, in the primary. So there, it was, this was a, a very, very competitive uh, election from the, from the start. So... He, he faced a lot of opposition uh, from an, another gentleman who was who that born and bred from Newcastle, you know, been mm-hmm. involved in politics for some time. And that's who I faced in the in the general election. So the incumbents defeated in the primary. Yes. Uh, you end up being successful. Yes. Uh, and it was a pretty contested primary mm-hmm. for you, correct? Yes, it was. Uh, but uh, you emerged with 500 and some odd votes yes. uh, out of that. So you won it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Democrat. Uh, one with what I think you said over 1,200 votes or something yes, along he, those he, lines. 12, so about 1,281, I believe. So, so uh, in in any normal thinking person, they 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 do the math <laughs> and then they figure, okay, the Democrats have a you know 70 to 30 percent. Um, this is a really tough road, but um, I know that that only energized you. You said the key word, <laughs> any normal thinking person. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. Yeah. And well, that, uh, yes. Again. <laughs> Very grassroots campaign. You know, you can ask me the numbers and what I knocked on. I just knew I was out every week knocking on doors. I had a very strong campaign team. A good friend of mine, Eric Francis and Robert Lyles, they were right there by my side the entire time. So there was only a few of us Mm -hmm. the whole way through. And they, they kept track of the numbers and everything like that and made sure strategically just going and talking to prominent people in the community, hitting hidden neighborhoods strategically. Um, I had another group of folks, uh, um, Jim Christiana, who worked with me a lot on, mm-hmm. the, you know, thinking through, you know, different process about politics because yep. they've done it before. Yep. Aaron Bernstein as well, thinking through the political uh, arena. And it was just, a, it was remarkable, you know, because the information I got before I started was you better watch out. You know, they don't like Republican. The community doesn't like Republican. Mm-hmm. And then I'm African-American, so then they don't like, you know, there's still a lot of racism in yeah. our community. Because I think it's about 70% are still white, yes. uh, th- you know, 30% right uh, mm-hmm. minority. So, yeah. Yep, yep. right around there. And, it, and those were some of the, the things that were addressed, you know, discussed before I even decided to run. And, mm-hmm. again, 
somebody who has the right mind. <laughs> so, so in this process, of course, you're going to have to go knock on a lot of Democratic lot of doors and say, I'm the Republican uh, candidate for mayor. Yes. Um, how were you received at doors? And what, what do you think was uh, flipped up? Because you had to flip quite a mm -hmm. few because uh, uh, you didn't win by just a small margin. You, no. you won uh, by a significant margin to where your, uh, uh, your opponent in the race called the concede about 8.30 at night. He knew he uh, the writing he was on, on the wall. Uh, but what, what, how did those conversations go that you as a Republican in a heavy Democratic uh, city were able to convince people to switch their party allegiance? Matt, honestly, the, the response throughout the entire town, the entire process was very positive. I might have hit one or two doors, honestly, that either uh, asked asked me a question that had to do more with, you know, national politics, mm -hmm. and then I would answer them, and they didn't agree. But Are then, you going to impeach Trump? Or, right, yeah. or something like that. <laughs> I said, sir, this is local politics. Well, that's not the right answer, and he slammed the door. But then the next day, the gentleman actually messages me on, on Facebook Messenger and apologized. So th those were, uh -huh. I just thinking, uh, stuck to the strategy, yeah. stuck to the plan, and people really, it was just positive. I and it showed in the votes, you know, at the end of the general election. It was very positive. I don't, there wasn't really any skepticism from a lot of people. Uh, and if there was, I addressed it. I, I called them. I gave my personal phone number. I messaged them on, on, Insta, on, on Messenger. Just gave just that availability to everybody. So, you know, it was, there was a lot of rumors. It was a very, very, very hostile Mm -hmm. campaign with social media this was our first social media run um campaign that yeah, our and i saw ever you seen. out there i saw right. you doing your uh, facebook live yeah. and uh, this is the first one yeah. that our community has ever seen mm -hmm. and we both my my, my uh contender he had a, a, a stellar i mean i was oh, yeah. i was a little bit jealous <laughs> he had a stellar campaign on on social media and had a lot of help on that and i had my phone and mm -hmm. we just went around town talking to people, and they, they appreciated the honesty, the integrity that I gave, um, and just the genuineness, and I appreciated them even more. I was so honored mm -hmm. just to yeah. be in their presence most of the time, sitting at their tables, knocking on their doors, talking to them, visiting them at, uh, at events throughout the community. It was, it was, it was remarkable. So uh, you will be inaugurated, I guess is the right term, or yes. <laughs> uh, in January, January of 2020. Uh, at the end of your term, uh, your first term, mm -hmm. and uh, of course you, n you never know if you're running again, uh, right. most of that's up to our wives uh, right. to determine those. <laughs> exactly. What, what is it that you would like to accomplish uh, in your first term as mayor? What are kind of the priorities that people said, here's why I'm with Chris mm -hmm. uh, and that uh, he gets my vote. Uh, what, was, what were you saying to people that you wanted to do for this community that people are going to hold you accountable and decide mm -hmm. whether in re-election, should you choose, right. uh, whether to vote for you again? Yeah, one of our biggest issues is our perception. You know, what, what are our surrounding communities? What are the people who uh, have either been in Newcastle before? What was their experience like? And the perception of our community is so negative, you know, just around, just I'll say in our general geographical area, you know, with our some of our, our neighboring communities. So really changing that perception and real change started with electing a real leader, uh, a new leader, a new a new person to to be mayor, and that that was the message I, mm. I pushed a lot. You know, it wasn't anything against my my opponent or against. I didn't run anything negative against anybody. It was just real change starts with, with 
new leadership. Mm -hmm. And I'm a case study kind of guy. That's my background in, in community organizing, social administration. I look at you know examples of other communities, and that's where I started my campaign for the primaries. I looked through our, our archives and our for our newspaper, and I, I remember conversations of, of community of, of businesses and and people who have left our community. And I, and I picked about ten places to go and talk to, or ten people to go talk to, and honestly, there it was the same. When you look at them all. Everybody left for kind of the same reason, and it started with the relationship that they had with, you know, the city government. Mm. So mm. We, we we had these obviously a platform that we that we worked off of, and ours were blight, uh, infrastructure, our economics, right? Those were our three top priorities that everybody kind of ran mm -hmm. with. And I, I had to put a fourth one in, you know, even in where that opposition on the other side of saying or opposition from my family and friends yeah. <laughs> some of my associates there they said chris don't talk about all the social stuff no you know talk about the economics mm -hmm. talk about this. Mm -hmm. but i'm a believer that our, our social and our community drives our economics and vice versa mm -hmm. we, we 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 build off of that so i put in the inability to build relationships as our number one problem mm -hmm. so i had mm -hmm. a four four uh principles in my platform and i said that's our number one issue if we can't effectively build relationships and do it genuinely and go out and talk to these companies and reassure the ones that are here that we have their back and we want to work with them. We well, that's the foundation anywhere. of all those other things, foundation. right? If you don't get those things right, yep. oh, you're gonna, not going to have people coming exactly and investing right. in the city, right? Mm -hmm. They don't feel that there is a good relationship with city government yep. or with others that are trying to uh, lift up this community. Exactly uh, right. It'll fall apart. Mm -hmm. So you actually nailed the kind of the root of, the root. of yeah. You're right. Yeah, that, and that's, well, that's what I said the entire time. The root, we have to address the core first. Mm -hmm. And then all those outer layers, you'll start to see them. We'll have a beautiful. So, so how do you do that as an elected official? I mean, because mm -hmm. those are those sound kind of flowery, yeah, right? right? Kind of, right. yeah. It's it's not something uh, you know tangible like right. paving the road out here or uh, that those things. While well, people expect you to do those right. things, right? Those mm -hmm. are like for, taken for granted that you need to do those things. But how do you do that? I mean, how how does a how does a mayor uh, and this might be just a good discussion, a uh -huh. philosophical one, but to me that's part of the, a, a real challenge because right. I think that that is sort of the glue that holds all those other things together that can be tough to identify exactly how you go about doing that. No, it's, that's a great question because we, we truly have to rebrand ourselves. And you look at any, any company, any corporation, I was telling you about the one that operates here. They, they're, when I came here, they had a, a gratitude day. You know, gratitude. There, you're a call center. What are you? You're a, you're you're doing HR and, and and back office management for for dental companies. Why are you doing a gratitude day? Because they want everybody to you want, you want to be able to instill those values back into uh, your number one into their their company. But at the same in the same breath, I want to do that for City Hall. So when somebody's looking at our website, any of our marketing material, driving into our community, and they're talking to the folks. We can change that perception, the way they think and the way they act and the way they, they feel about Newcastle um, with instilling those values yeah. and that positivity back into our community. So you do that. You know, I do it. Mm -hmm. I give hugs. I talk to people. I'm <laughs> I saw it coming in here. Right. Yes, yeah. I, we, we could barely get in the coffee shop when right. you met three out of the four people <laughs> right. running through here. Yeah. Just inviting people to the yeah. table. I think 
giving people an opportunity to, to be a part of the process, that's those are that's what people want, yeah. and, I, and that's what I'm willing to to give and I'm give to offer those opportunities to be a part. I'm not talking about just the business people, our, our, our biggest, you know, richest people in our community. This is for everybody. Mm-hmm. Anybody that wants to be a part of the change, come be a part of the change. I have to tell some. I have to tell a lot of people because I've said it along the way. Right now, it's, it's transition, so we're we're building a lot of those opportunities out. But just on a small scale, like if you look behind you, we have a, a riverbed and a riverfront. I, I see in in the spring, people coming out and assisting and helping clean that out. Where's mm-hmm. our local uh, artists who can who can build a who can draw a, a canvas on on the side of that brick brick area right there and completely change the aesthetics of mm-hmm. our riverfront. So people can start enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And then as a city, as a city government, we locate and identify resources to, to give, you know, whether it's putting walkways and bike trails and things like that. And we start to build. But then the community had an input in it. And then the city has input in yeah. it. And now we have a beautiful river. Front. Well, see, and these are the kind of conversations. Someone might say, oh, that's all fluffy. That's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, philosophical. But in reality, when I talk to people at the state level and businesses that have to interact with government agencies, there is a culture uh, that exudes from them that it's either hostile, like I'm going to, you know, whether it's a regulator that says, I'm going to catch you doing something wrong, Chris, or a regulator that says, hey, Chris, I want you to be successful. I want you to comply with the law. Uh, We want to help you do that. That is a very different attitude or perception that Mm -hmm. people, and Pennsylvania has a very hostile, when it comes to state government, how it interacts with our job creators and such. And I hear this all of the time. And so those are important things uh, and they can't be overlooked and we can't just say, oh, that's fluffy stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, talking about fluffy, and maybe this isn't the right segue, uh, but you alluded to your wife uh, and your kids. I know that's an important part uh, of your life, uh, but tell me about uh, your family. Absolutely. Yes. That's, that's, they were number one. If they didn't give you the green light, (laughs) I wouldn't be here. You know, I looked at my wife in the beginning and we've, we've talked about it, you know, throughout our marriage and our relationship and we we honestly thought I honestly thought and she she tells me today she said I thought you were running for mayor when you were 55 <laughs> I did too but things changed and do you support me a couple me? decades right. earlier right? <laughs> do you support me she said absolutely so my kids and my wife you know my sons are very excited and I just I'm happy that I can be that example to them you know from that from you know this position mm-hmm. that I'm that I'm going into now you know my family is you know, you're speechless. You yeah, know, they, that's right. they're my, they're my heart. Everything that I do on a daily basis is all for my kids. I have two sons and I have a daughter. My sons are 14 and 13 and my daughter is four. So I'm very proud of them. They're doing, we've had a lot of changes in, in their life where they actually go to the same high school that, that I went to. Uh, my daughter attends, uh, Newcastle Christian Academy preschool uh, my wife works in banking. You know, we we we're very fortunate and blessed. You know, we're we're you know, we're not. It's not a monetary yeah, thing. We, yeah. We're not the richest family or doing anything. We're just average, everyday people that go to work. You know, eight well, to twelve hours a day. Well, uh, you probably heard me in Central Pennsylvania when uh, you won uh, cheering because yes. uh, well, we love to see it. I appreciate your coming here on Brews and Views Absolutely. to talk about your experience, and I wish you all the best uh, and all the best for Newcastle. A lot of people rooting for you. Yes, man. Thank you. I really appreciate you, and I appreciate you all your support throughout the campaign. You bet. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, man.
You've been listening to Brews and Views, a production of Commonwealth Partners Chamber of Entrepreneurs. Find us on Facebook at Commonwealth Partners and follow Matt Briette at M-A-T-T-B-R-O-U-I-L-L-E-T-T-E. -T -T -E.